Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast. It's season four, it's episode 28. As ever, my name is Luke Hatfield and I'm joined by the one, the only, the magic Albion man, Mr. Joe Massey. How are you doing, sir? No, oh, I wish I was magic, pal. I really do wish I was magic. I like your intros. I do try. They're always very complimentary. Um, I wish I was magic. I'm a... I don't think I've ever given an intro where I'm like, oh, so and so's here. I'm not. I'm not thrilled by him, to be honest. Uh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Joe Massey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have to actually like toe the line, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I have to try. You have to try. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm all right. I wish it was magic. If it was magic, mate, then we wouldn't basically be relegated, would we? Um. Mm-hmm. I got. A, um. But yeah. So. But yeah. Other than that, mate, I'm all good. I'm all good. Just had a, a lovely chat actually off air before we started recording with you. Yeah. Um, as you know, last sort of five minutes or so. I can't yeah. remember the word you use now. My memory, this is like last week where I couldn't remember what I was banging on about either. My memory at the moment is absolutely shocking. But you sort of said something like you admitted that the consequences of Keenan Davis's goal the other night hurt you, I think you said. Or was it the consequences? Is that what the word you used? The connotations. The connotations. The connotations. That was the word you used. You actually admitted that the connotations of that goal upset you, didn't you? Do, do you want to give the whole conversation? We're, we're talking... Did the connotations of Keenan Davis's goal upset you the other night? You are paraphrasing heavily. Well, not, no, all right, all right, I won't paraphrase, I won't paraphrase. Did you say the connotations of Keenan Davis's goal upset you the other night? Yes, yes, or no? yes, yes, yes did. I did. Right, okay, so I just want all our listeners to know that. Um, that's the conversation um, I've just had with Luke Hatfield. He was he was upset by the connotations <laughs> of Keenan Davis's goal the other night. Read into that what you will. We you know always... full well you you've got me over a barrel. <laughs> this is this is unfair. <laughs> this is a, I feel sorry for the listeners really because it's a bit of an in joke. But I just want everyone to know that <laughs> Villa fan Luke Hatfield still insisting on that Villa fan thing was unhappy. It said out loud. He was unhappy with the connotations of Keenan Davis's goal. So, yeah. read into that what you will. Just because the likelihood of me covering a Premier League club this season have, have now decreased dramatically. Right, of course. That's definitely what it was. Definitely what it was. I mean, I'm still a bit annoyed with you, if I'm honest, for saying that. I'm still not over. I know I went on about this <laughs> the last podcast, but I'm still annoyed with you with your Newcastle predictions. I'm still annoyed as well, mate. Because they went and drew with Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, did you watch the game? Here we go, you can't keep saying this absolute nonsense, hiding behind red cards and missed chances or whatever. I'm, said... I'm hiding behind the XG here. The, the, <laughs> the amount of chances, they, they did a Brighton Liverpool, let's be honest. Well, I mean... Newcastle, who weren't going to win a game again, have now take, weren't going to win in five, have taken four points from the first two. I think there's, would... they're going to go unbeaten in this run, mate, that's how good you are at your <laughs> predictions. I mean, if that happened, I think I might, might, may well give up doing predictions for the rest of my career. I think um, you probably should anyway, mate. <laughs> cheers for that, mate. Are, are you are you over the injury time equaliser yet? Is it as it as a blow got on any uh, softer? Softer. Yeah, I'm. A, oh, I mean, I'm over it. Um, takes me a long time normally to get. But I mean, look, it's awful to say. Um, but I'm over it because I was already resigned to our fate, really. Um, mm. Look, officially, Albion are not relegated yet. There is not an R by their name. Really, I suppose we should be a bit more 
bang the drum and say, come on, we can win our last five games. But it's, but look, everyone in reality knows it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's really deflating, actually, because Allardyce revealed, and I think he revealed afterwards, that before the Villa game, um, they actually showed the players' videos of teams who had gotten out of the relegation zone having been in a similar position. Um, and I've got no doubt that look, I think the vast majority of us, for the vast majority, is Leicester was the hammer blow. I mean, well, if I'm being honest, Palace was the hammer blow for me. Yeah, that was um, that was grim. That was good. That was grim. Um, Leicester was felt like game up really, but but hand on heart, Albion's players and Allardyce didn't feel that way. Um, mm. They went into that Villa game. Boyed by these videos that they'd seen, uh, believing they could do it, and I think that's why at the end, you sort of—I mean, it was a couple of players who fell to their knees, sort of. In they were devastated. Yeah, Yakushlu um, was the the big one. You just saw him drop to his knees in the penalty area, and just he knew, didn't he? Hands, head in hands, like punching the floor. Yeah, um, and it was just a hammer blow. Um, it was just, it was just, yeah. I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, sad really, because look, they deserved a. I I think they deserved to win. Look, we can talk. When I say they deserve to win, I'm saying they deserve to win in the sense that they got to stoppage time. Yeah. Two one up with ninety seconds to play. Um, I think it was the ninety second minute, wasn't it? It was four yeah. minutes at a time. Nice. So they had ninety seconds to play. When you when you two went up with ninety seconds to play, you should win the game. Uh, look, anyone who's watched the game knows on the balance of play, a draw was a fair result. Mm. Um, both teams on another day Villa score three on another day Albion score three both teams had plenty of chances both teams went for it both teams played some decent football Um, great game to watch actually it was a great game to watch Um, it really was Um, so look I think we all know on the balance of play a draw was fair but you should win the game when you get to added on time Um, and it's just a shame really because I think that's where Albion are now, you know. Um, I think there are some... Forget that it's Villa. Forget that, um, like, the rivalry for one minute. Where, where are Villa in the table? You should know this. 11th. 11th. Well done. I wasn't sure if you would know on that. Um, Did you know the answer and, and still quizzing on it? <laughs> well, I just, like, I just like to see you fail in that area. You know I do. Um, <laughs> um, oh, no. I mean, you are just setting tripwires for me, left, right and centre today. But... But I feel like I need to check now that they are 11th. They are 11th. They are 11th. I just double check myself. Oh, good lad. Um, but I think that's where they are. A team that's, 11, a team that's comfortably mid-table in the Premier League, mm. which Villa are, I think Albion now at a level where they can go a team, go to a team that's mid-table, even higher, and know that there's a decent chance that they can win the game. Yeah. Um, I think Albion are a very good Premier League side. I do. I think that... I think that I think they're definitely good enough. I've said it before. No doubt in my mind, I think they're good enough to stay up now. Uh, but they're not going to. It's all, it's all come far, far too late. Um, and it's a shame, really, because, um, yeah, well, it's just a shame, isn't it? They're going to be a championship side next season unless it is, unless an absolute miracle happens. Um, yeah, it needs to be a miracle at this point. I think to kind of follow on from your point you said there, I watched Match of the Day 2 the day after. Jermaine Genus summed it up well in that 
he said if Allardyce had had, had been in charge, and it's it's, it's tough to say because everyone loved Bilic and and the way he got the club promoted and the the mantra he brought in. But I agree with you. I think Albion would have been a comfortable thirteenth, fourteenth if 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 Allardyce had had been in charge all season and had the players that he wanted. But obviously that's not how football works. You know, you're never gonna change manager after getting promotion. Not it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, and I think <clears throat> oh, look, look, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's, it's, everyone knows how I feel about Slavin Bilic. Everyone knows that I think he's a fantastic bloke and he did an absolutely fantastic job last season. Um but unfortunately look things he made mistakes, didn't he? Um, he made, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, and we can sort of now see those mistakes. Um, I mean, I mean, was, I've said it before on the podcast. It was, it was. I, I, I might say, I think I said it before, but everyone was watching the games, and they yeah. kind of knew where we were going wrong. Like, what I mean by that is to say, no defensive midfielder. Okay, you could Lou. Yeah, we were watching those first couple of months of the season. You were like. We really need a defensive midfielder, and everybody knew that. And then we got one, and we were all like, "Oh my god, we needed a defensive midfielder." Yeah. Um, but we always knew it, didn't we? Everyone watching it kind of knew it. But then when you actually saw the difference, and of course, Yakuzlu is fantastic, but when you saw the difference, you were like, "Oh yeah." I mean, we really did need one. Same up front with the Agna. I mean, we needed a striker of that ilk, like a physical, like. A presence, really, a physical presence up there. Yeah. Um, everyone knew that. And look, Dagner's been like, I mean, he's hit and miss, isn't he? He's quite, he's an erratic footballer. Um, but his style of play, we all knew really we needed someone like that. And look, Hunter Bilic, what's, what's clear now is that the players weren't fit enough. Um, unfortunately, that was something that was labelled at Bilic when he was at West Ham. That's a real frustrating one for me personally because. I don't know why he hasn't learned from that. Because Allardyce hasn't changed the fitness coaches. Yeah. The backroom team the that that has that has stemmed from the top. That the fitness coaches get the players to the level the manager wants them to be. And now Allardyce has demanded that fitness improved and nothing's changed behind the scenes. So it's just a shame that I don't quite know when when those noises were coming out of West Ham, I don't quite know why. He didn't learn from that. And then, obviously, the the, the squad was imbalanced, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, we, we're just... We've got an abundance of wingers. Um, we were lacking a, an out-and-out, what I would call an out-and-out centre-forward. Hmm. We're lacking a holding midfielder. And Allardyce has corrected all those things. There's no doubt about it, he has. Um, and because he's corrected them all, Albion have improved significantly. So, yeah, I, I've said it before. I think Albion would have stayed up if... Allardyce was involved in charge the whole season. I think Jermaine Genius is right to say that. Um, um, But unfortunately, it's all come too late in a sense that even when Sam came in, it was too late because he had so much to do to get the team playing the way he wanted them to play. Yeah. Um, And obviously his first 10 games, 28 goals conceded. It was a nightmare. Um, And he said himself, he actually said last week, he said they were so far off the level that they needed to be. Yeah. Um, so they've had to make up all that ground. They've had a bad start. Then they've had a spell where they've had to make up the ground just to get 
in contention and then it's just come all it's just all come too late yeah it's a real shame the form really is on the way up though I mean in barring maybe the Leicester game you can see that the performances are improving and one man improving with those performances as well is Mateus Pereira I mean he is looking every bit a Premier League player now and you're seeing quotes from from someone like Big Sam who I think it's fair to say probably didn't buy into Pereira straight away after he came in and he's saying look this this lad has got the potential to be a real Premier League star now and it's a, it's a tough one because we're going to talk about the future of players and and this summer and, and what might happen to, to them. But Pereira is someone who's now shone in the Championship and is shining in the Premier League. It's going to be really hard to convince him, despite having years on his contract, to, to hang around and if if Albion do go down, which they are very likely to now. Yeah, it's strange with Pereira. Um, <clears throat> I thought he was fabulous against Villa, but I didn't come away thinking anything about him that I didn't already think. I've had like messages from people after the Villa game, people who I haven't spoken to in a while, messaging me saying, "How good's that Pereira? How good's that Pereira?" And I was sort, I'm sort of like, "Did you watch well, Swansea last season?" I'm like, that's what, that's my reaction. I don't, I don't know quite. Maybe it's because it was a derby and more people, more sort of neutrals tuned in because it was Villa versus Albion. I'm not sure, but people are messaging me saying, "How good's that Pereira?" And I'm like. As good as he has been for the last eighteen months, um, it's a bit. I don't quite. I might be wrong. People might think that he, he's he, he was out even better than usual against Villa, and, and, and has been the last couple of weeks. But to me, he's been an exceptional footballer basically from the moment he walked through the door. Mm. Um, and I'm just a bit. Yeah, I don't know a bit. A bit surprised, really. Um, I think he was the player as well. When Albion came up, everyone was kind of highlighting him, weren't they? They were saying him, he's, he's the one you got to watch out for. He can pull the strings, whether he's in a, in a central role or coming in off the right-hand side. And and he, and he, I mean, early in the season as well, we did see some things from him. I mean, the Everton free kick. I mean, that should have woke plenty of people up to him. And I know it's a set piece, but... It's been weird. Like, when he has... like. So he is he is Mateus Pereira. He's, he's he's not Lionel Messi. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. But like so like he is going to play very well, and he is going to have quieter games where he's less effective. And I feel like sometimes I don't know why he does. Well, I think he does this. You know the things with his ears, his celebration. Yeah. I think that started because of Steve Madeley actually in the Athletic writing yeah. about that he wasn't. It's sort of crazy that that is why it started. But I think, but I don't know if why if he's continuing it is because. Some of the criticism he has received this season, I think, has been really like, like strong. Like for me, Un- ev- unwarranted. Unwarranted. Like for me, every week Pereira's the first name on the team sheet. Really, I, I mean, yeah. it's him, Yakuzlu, and Sam Johnst- Johnston. Johnston, yeah. Um, and I think, like, there have been times when he's had quiet games. There have been, but like, he's a, he's human. Like he is a he is a footballer. Um. And he isn't going to, unless you're Messi or Ronaldo, everyone has quiet games, really. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised by when he has been criticised. And I, I just think, I, I mean, I think he's up. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can say about him. I think he's absolutely fabulous. Um, and he was fantastic against Villa. Um, he's, he's backing it up with the numbers. I know, he's, I know quite a few of them are penalties, but it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with him because... He will. I'm sure he'll leave. Um, 
there's there's an argument now. I've been like he's got three more years, I think, on his deal after this year. So mm. uh, Albion could try and dig in and keep him, um, but I think he will leave. Where he'll go um, is the big big question, really. Yeah, and um, we'll we'll get onto that because I've got a whole segment planned on that one. Um, quickly running through the game for those who maybe didn't watch the the post match video, we did two very very soft penalties for a derby, by the way. Um, but for me, they kind of cancelled each other out. And it was nice to see Djanja, although I don't think he's been credited with the goal, basically basically score a goal. Yeah, yeah. He should have got that goal, I think. I think I know it's off I think it's off target, the shot, isn't it? But it, oh, might, have, it might have been him. Give it to him. Just give it to him. I mean, Mings. this is the thing with own goals like that. It's not been passed into the net by, by Mings. Like, Mings doesn't want that own goal. Just, yeah. just give it give it to the striker. I mean, it's a shot on goal. It's not like it's not like, for example, um where there's been a mess up and someone's just passed it back and it's just rolled in. Yeah, no, nah, I just think Okay, you gotta go you just gotta give it to the striker for that. And it it's annoying because I think he, he he does sound like a player that from the little snippets of information we get from Sam, he does sound a player that is very, very confidence based and um, what was the game? Southampton. Southampton at home, where he had that ridiculous goal ruled out for VAR. Obviously, Albion was sensational that night, and it didn't matter in the end. But Sam said afterwards that I mean, he wasn't even offside. He was, yeah, exactly. He, but he said he in the dressing room he was quite deflated. Mm. Um, that again he hadn't scored. Um, and you think like that was off the back of a three 0 win where Albion had been fantastic. Um, so. Uh, it sounds ridiculous, but I don't think Diagna would have cared if that it was if if, if to, me, to him it's a goal a goal's a goal, isn't it? Yeah. Like if he shot wide but it went in, he, he, he in his in his head he would have scored if he got if he if, was like officially given the goal. Um, so it's just a shame, really, because it would have just been a nice little boost for him. Um, but it's just it's just the way it goes for him. Like nothing's going to go for him, is it? Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's he's just one of those players. He's just he's been caught offside by a yard or two a couple of times, and, and like you said, with I mean that one at Southampton, the Southampton one's just that is a crime against football, to be honest. To say that you haven't got a clear angle, and then we're seeing pictures on TV clearly showing that he's a, he's a he's a good chunk onside. It's just one of those where he's just going through a bit of a an unlucky patch, isn't he? Really, um, someone else who was. Maybe unlucky, maybe you know, should have uh, done a bit better, really. Kyle Bartley, but I thought he had a brilliant game up until the mistake. Yeah, he's had a brilliant. He, he did play well. He's had a he's had a brilliant few months, hasn't he? Really, like we keep saying, uh, <clears throat> he's thrived under Allardyce. Um, yeah, for me, it's a Bartley mistake. I see people say if you can, you split it between Bartley and Johnston. The thing I'd say about Johnston in that moment in time is how quick does it all happen? I mean. Yeah. What you're asking is Johnston to react in the time it took from the ball to leave the whoever sent in the cross's foot to then Bartley sort of not knowing what to do and controlling it on his chest. I mean, I think I, personally, I think you're asking for Superman type speed um, from Sam Johnston. When you think of how fast the game is played, yeah, um, I don't think in any way, shape, or form you can blame him for that goal. Really. Um, 
I think Bartley, it's a difficult one. It's a really, it's a difficult ball to do. I think if you're watching it now, I think he's watching it now uh, with a bit of time to think, right, what is the 100% right thing to do here? I think you have to try and head it over your own crossbar. Yeah. Uh, which is not something you want to be doing in the 92nd minute of a derby, is it? I mean, let's be honest. Mm. Um, he was in a very difficult position, but... Um, I can understand the problem he had because the height of the ball is, and it's, and that, I mean, if he was a left footer, I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have conceded because he would have just cleared that left foot. But because of the angle it's at, he either has to go to his left foot or chest it. And when he chests it, Davis has obviously only just come on, and he's he's a man. Just he was desperate for a goal as well, and he was just he just got there ahead of him, and. Yeah. That, that, that's the killer. It's it's one of those goals that you concede, and it's like it's come from a mistake. Like Albion haven't been carved open. You can't say Villa really. I mean, really carved Albion open at any point. E- equally, kind of the other way as well. But that's the most painful type of goal to concede in the dying minutes, especially with everything that's you know the permutations and stuff and. It's not like you can say, well, you know what, fair play. Like he's, he's banged one in from thirty yards, or he's absolutely put in a defence splitting pass, and and it's a nice little, nice little goal for a nice finish. It's it's one of those which is so preventable. Yeah, completely. <clears throat> and and we've said it before, but <clears throat> it does sum up Albion's season, really, doesn't it? It's just yeah. shows that they have got those moments in the look. They've conceded more goals than anyone in Europe, is it, or something? Anyone in the top divisions in Europe, like it's just. They've shipped a lot of goals. Yeah, not not under Allardyce has to be said, but over the course of the season they have shipped shipped a lot of goals. And uh, yeah, in a nutshell, it kind of sort of sums up why they will eventually be relegated this season. But sad because it would have kept hopes alive. Um, yeah. And even if even if, look, they probably even if they'd beaten Villa, they probably They'd'd would still, still be go 19th. down. Let's still be 19th. Still be 19th. Still probably be going down. But if we could get through the season having beat Wolves, beat Villa, beat Wolves, I think it's just a, it's just something to hold on to and be proud of, isn't it? Yeah. At um, least there's, there's still that chance of doing the double over Wolves, which, by the way, I mean, and we'll we'll get into this later as well, but they're favourites for me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think there's problems at Molyneux, I do. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 553818. So it, it does look like relegations on the cards, Joe, and like I touched on with Pereira there, there's some some players who their future is obviously in question because they're low knees. 
others where they've performed at a level where you think Premier League interest is probably going to be there or, or you know maybe a club in Europe. Pereira's the first one and the form that he's in and you see stuff written about him now where he's really standing out and the, like you said before, it's where he goes, isn't it? Because I do think Albion may well try and, and play the, the Buendia card in the way that Norwich did last season where they say, look, we've got a valuation. If no one meets it, you're staying. And because you've got a contract that's three years, there's not much you can do about it. You can you can moan and moan about it a bit, but then the question is, do you want to play or do you want to sit on the bench? And for every player, they'll obviously want to play. Yeah, <clears throat> Albion will do that. They they will set their valuation. They will they will not they won't they won't leave unless that valuation is met. That's that's a given. Um, they're not they're like Albion on the charity and they want to get back up. So if if no one gets near what they believe Pereira is worth, then they'll definitely keep him and and, and he will play because obviously he's such a good player. Um, I think some might I think. I don't think I don't expect him to be at Albion next season, as I said many times before. I think someone will come in for him. Mm. Um, the question is, how much is he worth? Now we had this conversation. I had this we had this conversation a couple of months ago, me and you, and I said about seventeen, eighteen million pounds. I thought he was worth, and I got a bit of people messaged me saying, "No, no, that's wrong. He's worth twenty-five million. Ollie Watkins went for thirty million. Yeah. Um, he, he's at that level." I sort of back down on Twitter and go, oh, maybe, okay. And then I've thought about it since, and I'm going back to what I originally think. And I think he's worth about eighteen million pounds. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he, I think that's what I think that's what that's I think he, I think if you said to if you, eighteen million, say with add-ons that could take it to twenty-one. I think if you put him at that price tag, Villa would buy him tomorrow. My worry is that Villa are going to be. Genuine cont- contenders for him. That would be my only worry. I'm not sure if they will or not. I don't. I mean, you've uh, seen reports of it, but I've, at that price, you will have you'll have easy six or seven Premier League teams who will meet that. I could I could almost well I couldn't guarantee it, but at that price, like I understand where those those Albion fans are coming from, especially in I think even more so now when you've seen the form that he's in. So what do you put the price at? I'd want 30, 35. And I'm not even... I, I, some people may say that's a bit... You know, you're asking a lot. But Ollie Watkins is a a good example. There, there are a couple differences. Ollie, Ollie Watkins is obviously a striker. But they're still a forward-thinking player. Watkins was never proven in the Premier League. We've seen Pereira do it in the Premier League now. And he's done it for a side. No disrespect to Albion. Who, for portions of the season were not very good at all and I think every Albion fan will agree with me yeah if he can do that if he can I mean look the stats for I saw a stat earlier and I'm not saying I'm not saying he's as good as this player you look at what Sadio Mane's produced this season what Pereira's produced this season Pereira's been he's provided more uh, goal involvements this season for a side that I don't know starts week in week out that is is currently nineteenth in the Premier League, and not creating chances at the level that Liverpool are. So Liverpool signed Mane for thirty four million. That's what I'm saying from Southampton, who were a team in the lower reaches of the table, which is exactly the kind of fee that I think Pereira's worth. 
Okay. I, I, look, I gotta be honest. I'm not very good at. I'm not very good at um, transfer fees anymore. I'm really, really not. Um, and ultimately, like, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I know where you're coming from because a fee, a player's only worth what someone's willing to pay for him. But you look at if Norwich wanted forty for Buendia. I, I think you, you're setting a price tag similar to that. Like he's not old; he's got years on his contract. I don't. I don't see what bonus you would get from listing him like eighteen million. To be I'd honest. say I'd say eighteen to twenty-one would be would be my estimate. I would. Be, I'd say twenty eighteen. Like no deal gets. No, no player's ever been bought for the price. It's always add-ons, isn't it? And what it can yeah, be, and this, yeah. that, and the other. So. I'd say guaranteed 18 up to 21 based on performances. I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I, I, that, in my head, and I might be in a time warp with transfer fees, I think that's definitely possible um, because things do shock me at how much players cost. So I could just have to hold my hands up and go, do you know what, I've got this wrong. But in my head, 21 million, if you look at it as in he cost nine, that's doubling your money on him. More than doubling your money on him. That's mm. you've been relegated. There's been a pandemic. So Albin's finances are going to be strong in the championship, but they're probably going to have to sell a player or two just to strengthen that position. No yeah. fans for a year. That's, that's what normally happens when you're a relegated club. You sell a player or two. They've been relegated. And then, then, then you got to look at it as in who's who's got who has got that money to spend, and also who really wants who would really want him. Um, I just, I just think you'd be better off just keeping. Like, if you kept him for another season in Championship, he'd tear it up again. Then, if you don't go up, then you can say, look, okay, you two years left. You've given us a chance to get back up. We we haven't done it, but now you're you're definitely worth silly money. His value's not. Yeah, I mean that's a dream, isn't it? Asking for one more year from him, and yeah, I don't know. It might it might happen. It might happen. Like like you said, when Dier at Norwich, Watford kept some really good players, didn't they? Yeah, his mate Saar was one. Um. I just think if players like Jordan Ibe, and I know this was a long time ago, going for like 18 million. Yeah, but you can't do it on the failures. You can't do it on the failures. So if based off the successes, Mane, like you said, 34 million. They're very similar players in terms of they say they play the same position. I think they're at a similar age. I might be wrong. I feel like on Pereira's like number one fan. Like I absolutely love him, but is he as good as Mane? Well, he's, he's been better this season, which is crazy to say, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's scored. Admitted, admittedly, like you said, some of his goals, well, a lot of his goals come from the penalty spot on free kicks, but... Okay, so if he's better than Mane, you think a top six t- team's buying him in the summer? No, 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 no. I think he's been better than Mane this season, but as a player, I don't think he's at the same level as Mane. Mane's had a down year. Pereira's had a, a, a good year, so to speak. How much did Traore cost for you? Uh, eighteen. So that's so that's more of a benchmark because he's way better than him. Don't get me wrong, I quite like him. I do quite like him. I think he's 
he's, got he's, all, he's all left foot. I mean, Pereira is all left foot, but I mean, Traore is all left foot. Um, the one thing I'd say with Traore is that he was untested in the Premier League. Surely you've got to up the price tag for that. Yeah, I, look, I mean, first and foremost, I'd absolutely love Pereira to stay. Second, I'm happy to be proved wrong. In my head, around twenty-one million pounds would be the price. That's how. If I was a club, I'd be. But but look, I, honestly, I could be wrong. We're seeing. But I think the only way we're going to know is. Um, I mean, then you say like Carl and Grant cost fifteen million quid. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and he's worth double what Carl and Grant's worth. There's no doubt about that. So that does. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. For me, I'd set the price tag at thirty-five, and if someone comes in and gives you a total of thirty, you consider it. But less than that, and I'd be like, mm, nah, I feel like I want this whole section of the podcast edited out because I'm probably way off with my valuation. <laughs> it's fine, mate. It's it, like this is my job to try and convince you things. I convinced you. Oh the other yeah, you're day great at convincing. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean. I'm happy to be proved. I mean, I'd love look. I want him to stay, or I want Albion to get absolute top dollar for him. I'd love to know what if, what the price would be. Let's see what happens in the summer. Let's see. Let's there's see. There's been reports. There's been reports. Look, you can't believe everything you read unless I write it. But um, um yeah. <laughs> But um, there's been reports that is is valued at about eighteen million. I mean, if someone gets him for eighteen million, they're getting absolute steal. Yeah. He was the oh, last. Who was the last player to go for that type of fee? Eighteen. Yeah. I think like a player like a Rafinha or a Bertrand Traore. I think you're right in calling them out, but neither of them had Premier League experience. That's where I think his price tag goes up. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's different variables to take in because one club might look at him and say, "Yeah, he's Premier League proven." Another might say, "Yeah, he's proven, but he's only he scored penalties and free kicks." And then so, the yeah. other another Premier League club will say, yeah, but he was doing that for a team which won't create many chances. So Leicester signed James Madison for twenty million. Yeah, but he'd never played in the Premier League. No, he had, no, he hadn't played in the Premier League. But that's my argument. And it's a valid one, but but it's Pereira. I'd, I'd say Pereira and Madison are similar players, really. Yeah. But Madison's worth silly money now. Like you're talking about fifty million, easy at least. Yeah, true. Yeah. But you've also got to pay the fact that you've got to pay the English tax for that. Rightly or wrongly, there's a tax on that. You pay extra for an English player. So where do you think he'll go then? I wouldn't be surprised. If a team like Villa were sniffing, I'm not too sure whether Villa would go for him, and I don't think Albion would obviously like that. But a, a, a solid mid-table Premier League club, I don't see why not. Who are you talking though? I don't know. I don't know who that is. I know. Okay, I say this from like. I know West Ham are doing really well this season. So not someone like West Ham could do worse than considering him. He could be like Lingard's replacement. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Lingard will go to West Ham anyway. I think I think he's played himself into basically whatever price tag United want for him because he's not going to start United, let's be honest. They've got think? Bruno Fernandes, they've got Pogba. I think mm-hmm. that ship sailed. I think he's happy where he is at West Ham now. 
I don't think he's playing to get into the United squad. Put it that way. With Pereira's valuation, we're going on and on and on and on about this. So sorry yeah. if this is boring, people. But I don't know why, when I absolutely love Mateus Pereira, I absolutely love him, why I can't see him at a top six side. I can't, by top I, six, so you're going traditional top six. Yeah, by like, as in with his next move. I totally think he can get it in the next move. Yeah. I think he needs a stepping stone move, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and that's why, I think that's what's putting me down in his, his, his valuation. Like, a, it's because he would, like, a couple of years ago, the club would have been like Everton, yeah? Yeah. But Everton have rocketed. They've gone way beyond that now. Yeah, they've got like a James Rodriguez. Uh... The, not in terms of like, it's, he's not good enough for them, but they but what they spend on players and their profile has, has soared. They're Carlo Ancelotti's their manager. Like, it's yeah. not... They're not kicking around like they were Marco Silva after he did a half decent job at Hull anymore. They're getting top, top class and paying top wages, moving to a big stadium, blah, blah, blah. So, and you agree with me, like you're saying, well, I don't want this quoted on any, I don't really want any of this podcast quoted on any of the other fan websites. <laughs> I just like them on on this podcast. But my worry is he's, like, he's perfect for Villa. Yeah. In it, that he is. I mean, the thing with Villa is as well, they've got a Brazilian contingent in Douglas Luiz in Wesley, and you think, oh, they, and I mean, Bertrand Traore, he's been he's been good in parts, but he's been inconsistent. Like, it's that he needs like to move to a B level club to get to an A level club, I think, and I can't I... think of many B level clubs at the minute. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I hate mentioning these teams in, involved in an Albion transfer, but Wolves as well is another one where would they be willing to spend the money? I could. It wouldn't surprise me to see them at like a Palace or a Newcastle or an Arsenal or somewhere like that. I think you're right though. Those top top clubs at the moment. Yeah, like a Newcastle maybe. I think Arsenal would be a would be a good shout, but they seem to be focusing on youngsters and. He's young. He's young. Yeah, I mean, like, they're real youngsters, like the Bukayo Sackers and the Emil Smith-Rose. But, mind you, Odegaard's only on there on, on loan. They're not going to have Champions League or Europa League football unless they, they win the thing. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want him to go to Villa or Wolves. I really don't, I don't, I just don't want that to happen because it's just going to... Like, I love the fact that he's loved and I don't want him to lose that. And he deserves to be loved, really, because... He was sensational last season, mm. and he's done it. I've said it a million times. He's an, he's an everything he possibly can. I think for Albion in the Premier League, you can't ask any more from him than the numbers he's provided this season. A struggling team, you can't ask any more for him. So I want that love to continue. I don't need to go to Villa, and it will be if he's got a. The dream is Albion go down. Albion comes straight back up again. If Pereira's rocking up at the Hawthorns in a different shirt. Yeah. I want all four stands like giving him a clap. I don't want him there in a villa shirt or he can't he won't go to wolves. I mean That's like I just don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I, I genuinely think there's still a big chance he stays. Genuinely. I just I, I just say you set your price tag, if no one meets it, then you're hanging around, mate. Do you want to sit on the bench all season? No, you wanna be playing. 
Like think about it, if they have, if they have a really good season next year in the championship, they're banging in goals left, right, and centre. Say they, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying there's no guarantees next season. We don't even know who's going to be charged. But if they go up automatically, the mood's going to be brilliant. Like you saw it with, you've seen it with players, and they've done that. And like there was a season where I think I think Grealish at Villa, they were saying, "Oh, is he going to go?" And then he obviously there's financial issues around it, and then he stays, and then look where he is now. Like I think there's a I think there's a genuine route there. There is a route, but is that worth thirty grand a week for Pereira? Would you pay thirty grand a week for Pereira in the Championship? I don't know. No, what, I'm, no what I'm saying is he's losing thirty grand a week. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, the player's got to buy into it as well. But at the same point, he's he's on the contract. Yeah. It's a different situation to some, someone like Sam Johnson because we're going to move on now because we're talking about Pereira for Sorry. about minutes. No, no, it's not your fault. It's my fault as well. Sam Johnson's a very different situation because contract's running up and also he's he's in England contention. Pereira isn't really in Brazil senior contention, I don't think, right now. So there's there's that factor as well. Yeah, and the fact that he wants to play for Portugal. but Oh, yeah, does he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Breaking news for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that worries me even more about Wolves now. Ah, oh, don't say it. <laughs> um, Johnston, yeah, I mean we've done it a million times before, haven't we? Like, uh, I think the three. Let's throw it out there. I think the three players who could leave this summer are potentially Pereira, Johnston, and Bartley. Um, mm. It's rumours that Burnley are sniffing around Bartley. I haven't really been able to get that sh- confirmed or not, but. It gets consistently linked with them. Johnston, I think Johnston will probably go as well. And look, the one that I think he'll end up at someone like a West Ham or a Leeds, if I'm honest. I think that's probably where he'll end up. Um, the big one is Man United, of course. Um, Constantly being linked with a return to Man United. According to reports, he is their number one goalkeeping target. Um, I think if it was any other club, you could rule it out. Yeah. Any other it's top. his hometown club, isn't it? But, well, yeah, it's a club where he came through. Yeah, boyhood club. Um, he's from Preston originally, and I think he's... He spent some time there on loan, didn't he? Um, Am I right? I don't know, actually. He's, he had a lot of loan moves. Yeah. Um... The weird, I've, I I don't think Sam Johnson's going to go to Man United because I think he's going to be so, so focused. I think wherever he goes, he's going to want guarantees he's going to play. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be doing himself a disservice playing as a, a cupkeeper. The only thing that makes me think, could it happen, is it is where he came through. That would be the ultimate dream for him, to yeah. be Man United goalkeeper. And David De Gea is probably going to be sold, we think. He, for about three or four years, he was at a level where, I mean, he won Man United's Player of the Year, didn't he, for like three years in a row? Like, yeah. He was world class. Yeah, they he were, wasn't getting usurped in goal. Yeah, like they, he was, but he was phenomenal. There, there was no one was getting near him really. How good he was! He, he'd taken goalkeeping to like a, not another level, but he was out on his own. I'd say with Neuer, um, I wouldn't even say Courtois was with him really. It was Neuer and De Gea for me. Yeah, and because those standards he set 
was so high. He's, he's still a very good guy. He has, he's dipped, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, they were so high that his dip still makes him a very good goalkeeper. Um, but Dean Henderson, while he's ousted him, is still not at the level that De Gea was at when De Gea was at his best. Yeah. So I think ousting Henderson is perhaps possible, whereas ousting De Gea at his best wasn't. Yeah. So will that be tempting for him? A bit of like sideline information. Dean Anderson was obviously on loan at Shrewsbury a couple of yeah. years ago. Um, I know people who worked with him. Um, and they say character-wise, he is absolutely fascinating in that he doesn't, for him, being Man United number one and being England's number one wouldn't even be an achievement. He genuinely believes that is where he should be in life. Yeah. It's not, it, I don't know if you want to call that arrogance or not really, but he has got immense self-belief. Yeah. Immense. Like he truly believes that is where he belongs. Um, it's So it's, a, it's like a real, yeah, it's an interesting one. Ha <laughs> ha. I personally don't think he'll go to United, but it does seem that he is the one, their number one target um, to fight with Dean Henderson for the goal, for the number one spot. But I think he'd want more concrete assurances than that. Mm. In terms of the fee, I side with you in terms of your kind of argument with Pereira, but with Johnston, the fact that he's only got a year left and he could go for free the year after, even if you do ask for an extra year. There's no guarantees unless he's signing a new deal, which he'd be mad to do, I think, uh, for his own career. I do think you, you're not looking at a massive, like, uh, you're not looking at a fee where you'd say, like, Pickford went for, like, what? Did he go for, like, 30 million? I don't yeah, think you, you're not getting anywhere near that. I'd say 12 to 15 is my fee for Johnston. I'd agree with you. And I'm not saying he's worth that. He's definitely worth more, but it's, it's just the way the contract situation is and, and the way things are. It just wouldn't surprise me because he's he is in England contention as well, and and rightly or wrongly, you can't get into the England squad playing in Championship unless you're Calvin Phillips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have a word with Gareth over that, mate. Um, what? Why? Why are you being so bitter about that? Because of Grealish. Uh, yeah, like it just, and I'm going to go off on a tangent, but yeah, like he, he, whenever that question was asked of him. He was always like, oh no, I can't, I can't bring in up players who are playing in the championship. First opportunity he got with Calvin Phillips, <laughs> he was in there. Come on, Gareth. All right, mate. He got us to a World Cup semi-final. Just believe in him a bit more. Yeah, tell, it, tell it how it is. That's all I'm asking. Um, free loanies, um, Umbai Janya, OK, Kuzlu, Ainsley Maitland Niles. Would any of them even consider playing in the championship next season? Highly, highly doubt it. Um, you could lose the worst kept secret in football now. Yeah. Everyone, everyone knows. knows everyone knows how good he is. It's like everyone knows. So f- forget that one. Um, Maitland Niles has already got multiple Premier League offers, basically. He yeah. could have had his picker clubs in January. He's going to get his picker clubs this summer. What about so- central midfield, though? 
Yeah, it's interesting. We could put a story out tomorrow, actually, with Allardyce saying just how surprised he was by Maitland-Niles' determination to play in central midfield. Um, like, he really is adamant that's where he wants to play. And mm. it's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing because he's given up a lot, really. He got into the England squad as a wing-back. So it's a big call. It's a big call from him. Yeah. Um, but he'll, he's going to have a prem, he's going to have Premier League clubs after him. There's no doubt about it. Um, Diagna would be. I think Diagna. I think Diagna's done enough to get a Premier League move. I do. Do you reckon? Yeah. Um, what club goes for him? Oh God, I think like. I don't know. Like I think quite a few. I think. Well, not, I don't know. Like Brighton. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Someone who comes up? They uh, Brighton need a striker who is clinical, mate. And the one thing I will not say about Jangny right now is he's not been clinical for uh, Albion. I I don't think he can be as unlucky as he has been again, I don't. You say that, he's going to like the most unlucky club in front of goal. Yeah, I know, but that'll change as well, I think. Like I think I think like, I don't know where he like but like say like I don't know, mate, like I think if you you could sign Diagna and you could probably, I think he'd want to come to the Premier League. I think, he, I think he'd probably accept like being fighting for a place. He wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily have to start him every week. You could probably get him for about eight million quid. Do you know where I can see him? And this is this is a, such a stereotypical signing. Newcastle United. I could yeah. see Newcastle just taking a punt like they did with with Joe Linton, but obviously on a much lower financial level. I I don't know what's going to happen with the Agna. I really don't like. I don't know. But if I if I was watching him, well, I have watched him at every game of the season. But if I was a <laughs> scout watching him, I'd be like, "Is he worth what you'd have to pay to get him? Probably like seven, eight million quid for a striker, and potentially, potentially, he could score a lot of goals. I think." He could be. He could carry on. You got. You got to remember in his career, he has smashed them in. Yeah. Smashed them in. Like his record is. He's clinical, but in Albionshire, he's been erratic. So if it, history would suggest, this is the odd phase of his career. Not. Yeah. But that said, he's now in the biggest league, like the toughest league. So I don't know. I, I'd be. I'd have a punt on if I was like someone coming up or a team that's sort of like Southampton. I'd. I'd be. I'd be think he's worth. A, he's worth a gamble. If things goes. Yeah, if things goes. Yeah, I don't. I think he's worth a gamble. I do. I. I. I test the water and see if he'd be keen on the championship. You know. I'd genuinely test that water. Yeah. Yeah. And say, look, like, stick around for a year. Like, if if we don't go up, then just write something in the contract where we look, we'll let you go for right offer comes in. Because I mean, what's the only harm is he's not playing top level football. But at the same time, there's potential where he could bang in. I could I could see him scoring twenty twenty five goals if Albion got a good team next year, Championship, quite easily. Yeah, now Albion will have a good. I I if if you said to me now, the Agnes open to stay in. He'd have a year in a championship. I'd buy him hundred percent. Yeah. Um. I would. Yeah. Well, I like him. I do. 
it's just a shame because he could. I mean, ah, oh, you think of the chances. Yeah, to be fair, on another season without VAR about, and if that Tyroming's deflection doesn't count as an own goal, he's got how many goals or something? And like, he's had, he's had. A, I mean, maybe I'm over exaggerating. I feel like he's had three or four goals ruled out, and like massive opportunities missed. Like Burnley, he could have had two. You think of the Burnley, yeah, the Burnley and the Man United games, like. I don't know if it's if it's if it's humanly possible to miss those chances again. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're Timo Werner. Yeah, <laughs> and he cost fifty million, didn't he? Yeah. Did you see his miss against his miss against Real yesterday? No, not seen that. Oh mate, it's grim. He's literally like four yards from goal, and he lets he lets Courtois save. I don't know how he does it. Um, but yeah, I mean, another season he 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 could have had like eight goals, and everyone would be like saying like, oh, this this guy is like. A twenty million pound striker, but um, we, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not worked out that way for him. Uh, shall we get onto questions quickly? Yeah, quick rattle for him because um, sorry, we've rabbited on far too. Oh, we definitely have, but I think I think people would enjoy that. I think people would enjoy that. Um, try and answer quickly, says Clint McCormick. Have you reached a stage where you take eighteenth place? I think it's a couple million extra per place and a buy in the first round of the League Cup. If your answer was no, I guess you haven't fully given up. Well, what a lance, how a lance that is. He's thought about it a lot more than I have. Um, like I, I wouldn't take 18th. <laughs> Mathematically, it's not certain. No, no, there's no point in taking 18th for a bit. For a, I mean, I suppose there is for the, for the money. He's, I, I haven't thought about the additional money that could come in and the buy in the League Cup, to be honest. I mean, they are relevant. It's a, it's a point. Um, I don't but, think a buy in the League Cup means much. You're going to play second string anyway. Yeah, it's another game for them, really, which is a good thing um, for the second string. It's another opportunity for them to play. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not taking 18th. No, I agree. But that, but that doesn't mean I think we're staying out. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> Leo Watkins, what's been the best and worst thing about covering a football club at Premier League level, aside from the obvious COVID situation, lack of access, lack of fans, etc.? I mean, I've not been to that many games. The one thing I did enjoy about it, um, without fans there, you do hear a lot more. You do you do hear like random little things that you wouldn't hear. Um, worst thing is the lack of fans. There's absolutely zero atmosphere. Terrible. Um, so yeah, was it, the question was just about covering the Premier League, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and there was no food on. Um, so if we if we take the fans as a given, yeah, the worst thing is football without fans. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's you. You just ah, oh, it's just rubbish. But I, I don't mean to like because obviously I know we're. I'm very lucky to go. Um, I mean I'm incredibly lucky to go. I can't believe I'm so like I've actually seen all these games. I feel so fortunate. Um, to be one of the few people that have managed to go to pretty much all the games. Mm. Um, but it is rubbish without fans. Um, I'm not saying that to. Play to fans. It is just, it's just weird, and I don't mean this to sound arrogant. Like you can't understand how weird it is unless you're gone. Obviously, I know people haven't gone, so I'm not trying to rub salt into the wounds. Mm. Um, it's just weird. Um, it's just weird. It's just... You could tell. You can tell how different it is what it was when you just watched that. What was it? The was it the final, the cup final? Um... When there were fans in there, there was eight thousand fans in Wembley. 
And that fake crowd noise sounds so bad in comparison to just 8,000 fans in Wembley. Um, yeah, it's, it's just... I mean, there's... That Wembley can hold, what, like 90,000 people? There's 1,000 fans at the Liverpool game. And the difference that made was incredible. Like 8,000, I mean, the thought, honestly, the thought of 8,000 fans in the stadium, I can't, you can't imagine how excited that makes me. 8,000, 1,000 made a difference. Like, it made a massive difference. 8,000 is like, oh my God, that would be incredible. So to go 20,000, like, you just can't even, like, I can't even think about it anymore. Like, I can't, I just, ah, oh, I can't even think about it. The reaction, like, when a goal goes in, it just, that's been gone for so long. Yeah, it's everything, isn't it? Um... But yeah, so the only thing professional-wise I like about work covering the games in the Premier League is that everyone is talking about it. Yeah. There's this weird disparity between the Premier League and the Championship where the Championship just gets no coverage. So like, like I've gone to away games and then like a night game and I come back, get in the car, put the radio on, listen to Talk Sport or Five Live or whatever. And for half an hour of my journey, they're talking about the Albion game. Yeah. Whereas, so let's say it was Albion Fulham. They're talking about Albion Fulham for half an hour. Whereas if that game was played in the championship like it was last season, they would just not be talking about it. They just yeah. would not talk about it, give any a championship game any coverage. You get the result on a news bulletin. And that would be that. So, and like all, all my mates now are texting me about Albion. They're like, ah, oh, great win or good performance or, oh, you're at so-and-so today. Everyone takes notice of the Premier League. Whereas as soon as you drop into the Championship, and that is summed up with presses, right? When I go to a press conference in the Premier League, obviously they're all on Zoom at the moment. Yeah. Every Tom, Dick and Harry's there. Everyone's there. As a, as, a, as a journalist from every publication, there's probably 20 reporters on the call. It's busy. As soon as you go into the championship, you you would not believe the drop. There will be, the vast majority of pressers next season will be me, Joe Chapman from the Birmingham Mail, Steve Maley from the Athletic and Rob Gurney. From, from having every national newspaper there, mm. you get none. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. Often none. Yeah. Um, the drop, the drop off in interest is staggering, and in a way, that's great for me because it's only us there, and that's how you form your like closer relationships with everyone. Because if it's me, Joe, and Steve, and Big Sam every week, it'll really get to know us. Yeah. Whereas when it's twenty of you, it's a different game, isn't it? But yeah, that's the, like that's what I enjoy about it. That everyone wants to talk. Everyone's talking about it. Mm. It's such a, it's so high profile the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but I can't believe how low profile the Championship is. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Unless it's a promotion game or a relegation game. Yeah. It's, it's just it's almost swept under the rug, isn't it? It's why that not the top twenty podcast does so well. Yeah. Because they're the only people talking about it. Really. Yeah. They're the only people doing it, a, a genuine service because. Yeah. The they're not following a specific club, are they? They're, they're never going to get to the Premier League. They're there literally for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why it, it's why it does well, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, 
All Albion fans, the last time Wolves won at the Hawthorns was 1996. What were you doing or can remember from that year? Oh my God. Uh, it's forever ago. And for what it's worth, I think it's still going to be 1996. But we know what my predictions are like. Um, I was six years old and... I don't have any specific memories of the year, but I do remember for my birthday that year, my dad bought me a green Game Boy, and I absolutely loved it. A uh, green Game Boy? Yeah, it was one of the big, well, the proper first Game Boy. You know the one which could kill a man if you dropped it out of your <laughs> top floor window? <laughs> I one had, of them. I had one then, but I had it in the traditional grey. Oh, but the grey was good, though. Oh, yeah, loved it, mate. Loved it. Uh did I get you a yellow and green one, or was it just yellow? No, it was literally just green. I don't know where it got it from, but I loved it, because green's always been my favourite colour. Has it? Yeah. Sometimes yellow and green. No, just green. Oh, okay. Um, I honestly, mate, I can't remember what I did last week, let alone what I did. I was 11 in 1996. Um, I wouldn't have a clue, mate. Oh, fair play. At least I'm tried. sorry. I'm sorry. I, just, I wouldn't have a clue. I would not have a clue. Uh, Spencer George asks do we need a new centre back for the championship next season or is what we have enough for that level I think that's enough personally not to forget you've still got Cedric Kipres on the books but you've got Dara O'Shea Shemi Ajay Carl Bartley I think there's enough there if you're playing four at the back absolutely smashing point about Cedric Kipre yeah um, who by all accounts is doing very well on loan and is a very good championship centre back exactly um, yeah, you bang on. Yeah, you bang on. If you're, playing th- if you're playing three, I can understand why you'd go for one more, but not if you're playing four. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'd be more. I, I'm, I like them all. And that obviously accounts for none of them leaving. But I don't. I, I personally don't think anyone will leave unless Burnley would have. Would if Burnley come in with an offer and Kyle says he wants to leave, then you can kind of understand. But I think. It's Burnley are going to. Be, it's going to be worth a Burnley after cash in, isn't it? On one of their, on Tarkowski probably. Yeah. Um, and if, but yeah, no, I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy with them, and I and I think Dara, is, going to be a superstar. Yeah. Uh, Pastures green chips and gravy or chips and curry sauce. Well, you know, I don't like gravy. I'd go curry sauce as well, though, and it's not because I don't like gravy. I do like gravy. I just prefer chips with curry sauce. Yeah, well, I'd never touch gravy. I think it's disgusting. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got problems. Daniel Tudge, will you be covering the Academy semi-final? Yeah, Albion made the FA Youth Cup semi-final yesterday, and guess who they're playing? Aston Villa. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good question. Um, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to. Let me look. I'll, I'll find out. I don't, I, I don't know. We're not big on covering the Academy at the Express and Star, unfortunately, but... Um, Maybe this one, because it's getting a bit interesting, isn't it? They've got some good youngsters, haven't they, Albion? I mean, I was, funnily enough, I was at a Shrewsbury Town game yesterday, and they were playing Lincoln. Uh, I got a first-hand look at a couple of Albion players. Oh, who did you see? Alex Palmer was in goal. Yeah, he's a good goalie, isn't he? Callum Morton was up front. Was he, did he start up front? Yeah, he did start up front. He's a smashing Ad- lad, he is. Admittedly, a quiet game for him. Quiet game. Uh, did link up nicely, a couple of nice touches here and there. Looks like a striker who needs... Um, Chances created for him as opposed to him just creating something out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, he's, he's like a workhorse, he is. He, he, he runs his socks off and yeah, tries yeah. to latch on to things, yeah. Exactly. Like, he never really had a, like, he never really got on the end of anything. 
I think if we got if he'd have got on the end of something and, and and like you know put one top corner or something, it wouldn't have surprised me. But he never really got onto the end of something. But it was a weird it was a weird game because Shrewsbury were dreadful for half an hour, changed to five at the back, and then were much better. I also saw um, Morgan, former Albion player Morgan Rogers. Oh yeah, he was bloody impressive, mate. Was he? Oh yeah, he was on the left flank. Oh my god! I mean, at one point, David Davis, former Blues player, now at Shrewsbury. He gave him a torrid time when he was at right and he, when he was at he's a right back. Yeah. Um oh I mean a proper proper good young player. He'll be I think he needs a step up from, from somewhere like Lincoln. And if they go up, obviously try and get him back, but I can see why Man City paid the money they did to Albion when he was what, like sixteen or fifteen or whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, looks a real player. But Alex Palm was good as well, although he wasn't wasn't really tested, but his, I tell you what, his distribution was, was blooming brilliant. Was that? Yeah, I mean, if if Johnston goes, it wouldn't be surprised if he's playing if, if he starts for me next. No, season. it wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but yeah, his distribution. I don't think he, he, he normally with keepers. You'll see him, especially at that level. No disrespect. You'll see him mess up a few kicks. They'll go out for you know throw-ins or they'll they'll go to absolutely no one. But no, every every single ball really on point. He he, was, he looked impressive, uh, and the Lincoln reporter was was raving about him as well afterwards. Um, so yeah, got some good youngsters though. I mean, that'll be an interesting game. Black Country, uh, a West Midlands derby, sorry, in uh, in the FA Cup Youth Cup. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully against... we'll cover it. Hopefully we will, but we'll see. Up against Louis Barry, mate. Oh uh, yeah. We all know that. Um, right, okay. We got another derby to talk about though, and it's a proper one. Black Country derby. I say proper. It's a senior one. Um, volume two. There is a nightmare scenario in which Wolves could theoretically or effectively. Uh, relegate Albion, but it would take it would take an awful run of results. I think Brighton would need to win, whilst Burnley, Southampton, and Newcastle would all need to uh, would all need to get at least a draw, and obviously Albion would need to lose. Yeah, we don't want that. No, that won't happen, mate. That won't happen. Um, yeah, Plus, I mean... Wolves are dreadful. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know an awful lot about Wolves, from being honest. I don't pay a lot of attention to them, but from what what I gather, obviously they've sort of lost their identity a bit this season, haven't they? They were so successful in that 3-4-3 for a couple of years, one year in the Championship, two in the Premier League. They sort of broke away from that to play a bit more expansive 4-2-3-1, which hasn't really worked for them. We all know they've got horrendous injuries. Um, well, their two best players are missing, aren't they? Um, yeah, in Neto and Jimenez. Um, yeah, look, it's a difficult one. It is a derby. They they have got to react in basically twice, haven't they? They've got to respond from their four 0 drubbing that Burnley gave them, um, yeah. which is a dreadful result because Burnley are not a good side, um, and they've got to respond from the last Black Country derby. Um, because it's not a good look to lose to your rivals twice in the season. No. Um, so I think there will be a reaction. I think there will be like sort of a wounded animal. I think they will come out and give it absolutely everything. And if, if, if they don't, then there would be even bigger questions asked. I think there's, there is a chance potentially that Nuno's cycle's coming to an end, really. He's been there a long time. And yeah. sometimes you just need to freshen things up. And maybe that's where... 
maybe that's where they're at at the minute. I'm not sure. I, I've got no information on that. Um, for Albion, obviously they've got to win the game, but I do think I, I think it plays on the minds of players. I think that that, that this is a chance to restore some pride again. Uh, they have look. They have given. They are. They have put pride in the badge. They have improved dramatically. They have given it a real good go over the last twelve games. No one could say otherwise. Um, but it would be massive for the fans to get another win over Wolves. Um, and I think Allardyce will have them bang up for it again. Um, and I think it'll be a good sort of. The team talks easy, really. It's sort of you were so close against Villa. So mm. close to getting that Derby win. Go get it today. Imagine uh, you're a Wolves fan and you wait all that time for a Black Country Derby and you get beaten both times. Yeah. Oh. Um, that's something to play for. That's something to play for. So I think it'll be I think it'll be close, I do. I don't think it's gonna be. Um I think I'll be in a big favourites going into it, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, well, I think I'll be in a favourite, so I don't think they'll, I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll be an easy afternoon. If I had to I put think, my mortgage on a result, mate, it's going on an Albion win. That goes out then, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I don't think Red card, be, second minute. I really don't think it'll be a comfortable afternoon, I don't, I think it'll be very tight, I think one goal will decide it. Um, I can't see either team bossing it, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, that would be so poor on Wolves' part. Um, so I poor. I, just, I could see it though. I could. If anyone's going to win comfortably, it's going to be Albion. Oh mate, you're absolutely doing us here. Oh yeah, I'm definitely setting setting Albion up to fall. But I, th- I think it'll be a narrow. I think it'll be a one-one or a narrow Albion victory, two-one, one-nil, something like that. I think. Mateus Pereira absolutely tears Eight Nori to shreds on the right wing. And I think Mbaidianya bullies Connor Cody. Yeah. So That's what, what I think. So what are you saying? And I, I, I think Albion will win. And I, I'm i not going to say it's going to be super comfortable, but a 2-0 wouldn't surprise me. I think, I think you look at the key battles... I think Albion win them. Like, Wolves have got a defence which is, you know, not been good, particularly in the last game. You've got Albion's midfield who, at the moment, they're, they're going to run rings around Wolves's. Personally, I'd like. You look at their midfield at the moment, Wolves, like, Matinho's been out, Neves has come back, Dendonka's not been great. I just think there's too much energy in that Albion midfield. And like you look at who have they got up front, Fabio Silva or William Jose. I'm not. I'm not massively worried about either of them. If I'm Semi Ajayi or Carl Bartley, where's agree, where, I, where where are Wolves scoring from? That's where the, where are the goals coming from? I agree. I do kind of agree with what you're saying, but but you're not you're not factoring the derby thing at all. Maybe Connor Cody steps up a level. But Traore's been meh. That's my my only worry would be someone like Traore having a game. If he's in the mood, he can cause all kinds of problems. But I thought I thought uh, Connor Townsend was very good defensively up until the goal. 
right at the end of the Villa game. Yeah, I mean, they're Premier League side at the end of the day. Like, Dendonka is a decent player. That lad they got, Semedo, right back. He costs 30 million quid. He's played for Barcelona. Um, Willie Bolly's decent. Matinho can pass a ball. Neves can obviously pass. Is Neves injured? No, he's just come back from uh, self isolation. Oh, so Neves. He's not. He's not mobile. That's the thing. I, I've, I, I've never truly bought into the Neves hype, but. Um, I mean the the keeper's good. Yeah, Rui Patricio is good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I, I'm. Oh, don't want to say it, but I'm pretty confident Albion won't lose the game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I won't say what I was going to say because it, it was maybe <laughs> well, going said, a step too far. To be honest, mate, you've said enough, haven't you? You might as well say it. What were you going to say? I've never been more confident about <laughs> me getting a result this season, and I'm genuinely saying that. And there's the intro to the next podcast, everyone. <laughs> there it is. Never been more confident. Um, all right, I just about doesn't. If I've been loose to Wolves, that is genuinely the intro. I want you to record that, snip it out, and that is how we're starting it. Don't say hello to me. Whatever. We just they are the first ten seconds. Okay. Of the next I'll, I'll, podcast. I'll stick to that. I'll stick to that bit. Okay. Your predictions have got to start coming in. They've got to, and this is the game. This is the game for it. Ima- yeah. Imagine if, imagine if it was another five-one. Imagine. Oh my word! I'd, you could Luke, sit there Luke, looking Luke, at Luke. Luke, you're getting carried away again. I, I am, but the, the last thing I'll say is, if that happens, I. You could sit there and look at that F- WWFC hashtag for a good while. <laughs> you could, couldn't you? Yeah. You're Bless. getting carried away again. I am 100 percent announced nil nil draw. Um, yeah, Joe, um, anything else to add, mate? That's, no, that's another mate. podcast no. in the bag. Another podcast in the bag. Uh, one hour, 12 minutes and 50-odd seconds. Um, done well there, because at one stage I thought we were going to be talking for three hours. Oh, yeah, when we were talking about Pereira's price tag. Jesus. <laughs> um, that should be interesting, though. So you wonder what people have to say about that. Um, but, yeah, that just that just about does us for another episode. If you, um, if you would like to... Uh, offer us a review or anything on iTunes it's really really appreciated a five star review would be absolutely beautiful thank you very much uh, but from me <laughs> look at you touting us please say we're good please say please. we're good <laughs> it helps other people find the podcast oh of course <laughs> uh, so yeah but no from me from Joe that will just about do us for another episode a fond farewell <laughs>